could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Everything is energy, and that is all there is to it. Albert Einstein. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are. A top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to your radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Ruhani, and I'm one of the hosts today alongside Nihal. We have an incredible lineup today, all surrounding uh, on White House, Congress, and renewable energy. In segment one, I will be sharing some fun facts about the White House and talking about the COP26 climate change conference. In segment two, Nihal and I will be talking about renewable energy. In segment three, Nihal and I will be talking to Sharanya, who is going to read a poem about the importance of keeping our planet safe. Hi, Ruhani. What are some facts about the White House you have for us today? Hey, so here's some of my facts. So here's one interesting one. Um, the White House residence actually spans six floors and includes 132 rooms and 35 bathrooms. So that makes up practically 412 doors, 28 fireplaces, eight staircases, three elevators, and the setup for an epic game of hide and seek. So I think they just like valued it. It's supposed to be um, the property values around like 400 million. And another one I have is Presidents William Henry Harrison and Zachary Taylor both died in the White House. So it's pretty spooky. And three first ladies, um, Letitia Tyler, Caroline Harrison, and Ellen Wilson passed away there too. And I also uh, got, into some, got some details about who designed the White House. So the White House architect wasn't even American. It was designed by... James Hoban, an Irish architect, and he began his career in Philadelphia in 1785, and that's why when they say America is built off, you know, from immigrants' hard work, it's true. And while the White House still has an exterior pool, it also has an interior pool that's now hidden beneath the floors. 
So the indoor pool, um, it was opened in 1933. Um, it was for then President Franklin D. Roosevelt, and it's underneath the current James S. Brady press briefing room, which we can, I don't think we'll be able to see, but it's still pretty cool. And the White House is actually entirely lit by gas lights until 1891. So that was when electricity was first installed. And as electric lighting was still a pretty new concept at the time, um, the president of that era, President Benjamin Harrison, he was pretty spooked about the dangers that might come from electricity. And he was worried that he would be shocked if he touched a light switch. So he would never touch one himself. And another cool thing I found is that there's actually a dentist's office in the basement of the building. So it's pretty much like a mini mall because there's also a chocolate shop, florists, carpenters, and more. And I don't think there's a reason for residents to ever leave. Um, the basement level is also where you'll find President Nixon's bowling alley and Dwight um, Eisenhower's broadcast room. So here's another cool room. Um, Harry Truman, he commissioned the White House's first bowling alley. And Franklin D. Roosevelt, he oversaw the transformation of this little cloakroom into a 42-seat movie theater. So it was pretty cool. And Hillary Clinton, um, she even converted one sitting room into the music room so that Bill Clinton could, could play the saxophone. And... It wasn't until 1833 that indoor plumbing was installed. So um, it was pretty weird. And then in 1853, all of its bathrooms had hot and cold water run to them. So even though it was the president's house, some basic luxuries weren't available to them at the time. And here's something super cool. Um, the White House has a secret entrance for the president and secret visitors. It opens onto... H Street in Washington, D.C., and it passes through two tunnels and an alleyway before arriving at the White House basement. So this secret entrance was designed in part as a response to World War II, and it was also an underground bomb shelter that was built beneath the White House. Um, and this is something kind of crazy. So you can't ever find um, job postings for the White House online. Every employee... Um, has to be hired through word of mouth or recommendations. So as a result, most employees belong to families that have been working in the White House for generations. Wow, those are all so cool. And since our theme is about renewable energy as well, do you think our government has been doing a good job, you know, like addressing issues around climate change? Like, because I know like that's a really big problem right now in our world. So do you think our government's been doing like a good job with that? Well, to be honest, no. I mean, there are still a lot of politicians who kind of, you know, reject the idea of climate change. It's become this very political issue, like a party issue between Republicans and Democrats. But, you know, climate change is proven by scientists. It's not some kind of hoax. You know, that's what I believe. And I still think we're kind of on the right pathway, as there was that climate summit last month, the COP26. And they came up with four goals, which is to secure global net zero by mid-century and keep 1.5 Celsius degrees within reach, adapt to protect communities and natural habitats, mobilize finance, and work together as a world to deliver. Yeah, and you know, I, I do agree that, you know, our government 
hasn't been doing such a great job because there are a lot of politicians who do reject like climate change. Um, but you know, like you say, we are on the right path. And so another question I kind of had is like, what countries make up the COP26 climate conference? So it's pretty much just Argentina, Australia, Canada, Colombia, um, Congo, and there is 27 representatives from the EU, um, France, Ghana, India, Israel, Italy, um, Nigeria, Scotland, South Korea, Sweden, Switzerland, and the U.S. So it's basically the first major test of the 2015 Paris Agreement. That's Wow, that's really a lot of countries. And that kind of reminds me, I've heard of the Paris Agreement before, but what exactly is the 2015 Paris Agreement? So that was basically when, you know, countries agreed to limit the rise in global average temperature to well below 2 degrees Celsius and pursue efforts to not exceed 1.5 uh, Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Uh, and I kind of that's kind of interesting because like I do I don't know much about the 2015 Paris Agreement, but, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, learning about this, like, like, you know, and how countries they kind of like agreed to limit the rise in global average temperature. Um, that's kind of, you know, it's a good thing. It's like, like you said, like a step in the right direction to stop to talk and stop like this climate change problem. And, you know, I think it's really I think it's really interesting that and hopefully it'll be continued, like, you know, countries will come together and talk about more about the climate change process. But I think, like you said, we're taking a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And I remember um, when Trump was inaugurated, um, one of the first things I remember seeing from his presidency uh, was that he actually, the U.S. had left the Paris Climate Agreement, which was very disheartening. But I'm very glad that, you know, our current administration has reentered and now we're, you know, joining all these countries that can do something about this issue. So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty loaded issue. It's not something one country can solve by itself. It has to be with everybody, um, as many countries as possible. So, yeah, they're doing a great job with that. And I I really agree. I agree with that. You know, it can't be done by like one country or one group of people. It, you know, it has to be done with like an accumulative group and kind of like, what came into my head was like, do you think the world kind of trusts the USA? Because, you know, we run our government obviously different than other countries do. And we change our presidents every four years or every eight years, depending on if they get a second term. Do you think that the world would trust the USA kind of if since we run our government different than others? Um, I mean, yeah, the US government, you know, we are supposed to be, you know, the biggest kind of force in the world, uh, super, world superpower, right? But in recent years, you know, because of globalization, because of many different factors, the U.S. has, you know, maybe what people are worried about lessened in power, you know, but honestly, I think we should keep setting examples, like good examples, like, you know, rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, taking action, trying to reduce our own carbon emissions, that sort of thing, because we have the resources to do so. I feel like you know, kind of poorer countries in India and, you know, they might have more pollution, but they don't have as many resources to help, you know, lower their own carbon emission rates. I feel like U.S. has the opportunity to do that because of what we have. And I agree that, you know, we kind of do have more resources in other countries and you know, they have some resources that maybe we can also get. And I think, you know, 
I do like kind of agree with what you said, like, you know, other countries kind of will obviously need every, all these different types of countries help because we, each country has its own thing that another doesn't. Um, and, you know, kind of going based off the White House and, you know, these presidents kind of, this is a bit off topic from climate change, but like, have you kind of, you know, seen what Joe Biden has, you know, created for the holiday decor in the White House this year? You know, do you think that like, it's traditional and it's kind of festive? And I honestly thought that it was a really creative idea. Yeah, I think it was really sweet. And I feel like, you know, we're still in pretty dark times. The pandemic isn't over yet. And, you know, to have as much festivity as possible, um, it's important because, you know, have to keep spirits high. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to be able to solve these issues. Um, I heard that, you know, this year's themes like gifts from the heart, right? So it's like this large gingerbread, gingerbread, and it recognizes those frontline workers. So who, you know, did so much for us during the pandemic. So it's very sweet. Yeah, and, you know, I, I do agree, like, it is a really sweet thing that they did that kind of theme. And, you know, like you said, the pandemic really isn't over. And with this whole new variant, it may not be over, but I really do hope it does be over soon. But I do think that what Joe Biden has done, you know, with the decor and like you said, the theme, it really, you know, is sweet and kind of careful and care, caring and like thoughtful idea to do that. And I thought it was really interesting too. Yeah. And, and that's why it's, oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, no, you can go ahead. Yeah. I think that's why it's important to keep, you know, keeping yourself safe. I heard that Biden is going to impose another, not impose, that's the right word to use, but you know, have another mask mandate and that's so important I feel you know just to keep wearing a mask to listen to what our officials have to say our health officials have to say you know get vaccinated it's it's so important so we can focus on other issues other than coronavirus like climate change is not an issue that's going to go away unless um, we all work together and we have to eliminate one problem first which is COVID but I feel like it's slowly going away, it's getting there, and then we can focus more on climate change. And, you know, I think I agree too, like it's COVID is kind of like the number one worry of most countries in the world. And, you know, as soon as it's done and hopefully it'll, it'll be done soon, we can kind of, you know, start focusing on climate change, which is like another really big problem. And, you know, hopefully it'll all, climate change will go down that, you know, countries can come to like agreements or policies to help reduce climate change. And I, I think it'll be, a really big step forward in, in the future of just kind of exciting to see what countries will be able to do. Yeah, definitely. And I just wanted to share some of the themes for White House Christmas since we we're talking about it. So they were inspired, you know, by these small acts of kindness and experience that lifted spirits this year throughout the pandemic. So there's rooms for faith, community, family, friendship, learning, nature, gratitude, service, peace, unity in the arts. So it's such a sweet thing to do again. Like I think um, Dr. Jill Biden, she did a wonderful job this year with the decor. Yeah, and I, I agree too. She did a really good job. We are out of time for this segment. During the break, check out our website, www.bethestarur.org. And keep listening for more as we will be having a conversation with a vibrant young, oh, keep listening for more as we will be talking furthermore about climate change and, and renewable energy and how we can solve the problems that our world is facing right now.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel show the world your smile be the star you are if you are ready to be inspired energized and edutained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Ruhani, and this is our show focused on renewable energy, White House and Congress. And Nihal will be presenting some facts about renewable energy. Take it away, Nihal. So, renewable energy. And I would like to share a little poem by Jerry Abrahamson. Renewable energy is a wave of the future. And if we don't start developing it, we won't be able to survive. For we have gotten soft to our easy life, and we won't know how to survive if we don't start changing. Renewable energy is here to stay and we have to start replacing our energy supply with this everlasting resource. For those of you that do not know, renewable energy is energy that's collected from renewable sources such as water, sunlight, wind, tides, waves, and geothermal energy. It's natural energy that we use to create electricity to help run things and we do not harm the environment or take away fuels or anything important from the environment. Wow, that is so cool. Um, I actually 
have not heard a lot about this, just maybe once or twice. So why do you think renewable energy is important? Well, renewable energy is really important in today's society because as we know now that there is a really big climate change problem and renewable energy plays a very important role in reducing these greenhouse gas emissions. And these greenhouse gas emissions is what plays an important role in increasing climate change and affecting global warming. So using renewable energy, we can help reduce these energy imports and reduce fossil fuel use. And that's like one of the largest source of US carbon dioxide emissions. And when we reduce these greenhouse gas emissions, that really helps with the process of climate change and renewable energy, the machines that we use for renewable energy or the resources, it does just that. It reduces these greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah, that's great. Um, I really hope we could start implementing stuff like that. I know some people might have concerns like can renewable energy maybe be like harmful in some cases? Yeah, and you know, renewable energy, along with like everything else in the world, it's not always going to be 100% effective, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's bad other than it won't always work, but it will definitely reduce the CO2 emissions by a lot. And that's really beneficial. And renewable energy power is booming. It's like an inv innovation that's bringing out so many costs and, and it starts to deliver on the promise of a clean energy future. And American solar and wind generations are breaking records and being integrated into national electricity grid, into the electricity grid without a compromising reliability. And this is important because it really does reduce the cost of, you know, costs right now to get fossil fuels or oil is really expensive. It requires these machines take a lot of money and time to build and the process of getting it. And with renewable energy, it can reduce those costs by a lot. But the only problem with renewable energy is that not all the sources of energy can be marketed as renewable, but they are beneficial to the environment. So we are going to have to, you know, change some things in the environment to get this renewable energy. But either way, we're not harming the environment as much as we would be, you know, getting the fossil fuels the normal way or getting powering houses, electricity the normal way. And the only other problem is that it creates like biomass and when we create these large hydroelectric dams, it's difficult to see the exact impact it has on wildlife, but it does have an important and beneficial impact on climate change and other issues. But the only problem is we don't know how animals or like other organisms will react with these, you know, electric dams in their environment now, but they're going to have to adapt and it will be eventually important and beneficial in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it could be, um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's starting to get at least implemented a little bit and it's exciting to see where it would go. So do you think maybe in some time uh, could renewable energy like replace fossil fuels? Yeah, renewable energy can definitely replace fossil fuels. It's kind of like one of the main goals of having renewable energy because fossil fuels are one of the biggest greenhouse gas emissions and they produce the most CO2. So that's kind of the goal with creating renewable energy machines or resources. It is to take away this fossil fuel use and that can really help reduce the CO2 emissions and help with climate change. And all sorts of electricity result in some greenhouse gas emissions over their lifetime, but renewable energy will reduce that by a largely substantial amount 
and it can be much more beneficial and reduce much more greenhouse gas emissions in these like fossil fueled power plants. And eventually the goal is for renewable energy to entirely replace fossil fuels. Wow, that's super interesting. And it honestly sounds like there's a lot of benefits. So do you think maybe it could save money also? Yeah, and one of the most obvious ways that renewable energy will be able to save money is that we're going to be using less electricity and a less um, other resource that we have to actually manufacture for things to power up. Now we're going to be using more natural resources like water, sunlight, and we don't have to pay as much. Obviously, you don't have to pay for sunlight into solar panels. But one of the biggest things that renewable energy will do is that it will reduce energy bills for these really large companies and then companies can install solar panels and wind turbines and other forms of renewable energy to save even more money. And as you can see now, some houses are starting to get solar panels and that really does reduce the energy costs and the electricity cost bills of these houses. So renewable energy does save a lot of money. Yeah, actually, I've been telling my parents for like the longest time that we should get like solar panels, but for some reason we haven't, but I'll definitely be talking to them about it again. So, you know, if we do implement, uh, you know, renewable energy, um, I really think it would help. But of course, there's some ways that we as teenagers could help out as well, you know, to decrease our carbon footprint. So what are some ways you think we could do that? I think the way that honestly we can do that to the best of our ability is, you know, we can do simple things such as bring your own bag to the grocery store, you know, not using the plastic bags because, you know, most of the time we throw it away in the garbage, but, you know, once they go to the dump, they can blow away with the wind and end up in places they shouldn't be and they can harm animals. And one of the biggest things, obviously, is, you know, saying no to plastic water bottles or no to plastic straws and, you know, using a stainless steel water bottle or using a reusable water bottle or reusable straw. Because again, you know, when we throw away these plastic water bottles or straws, we may throw it away in a recycling bin or a garbage can, but they eventually find their way back to the real world and they can, you know, be in places, like I said, they shouldn't be and animals can chew on them or take them in and it'll really affect animals. And another way we can do it is consume less meat. A meat packing industry is also another really large CO2 greenhouse gas emissions, it re releases a lot of them because, you know, they have to cut the meat and process it and use the different machines to do it. So, you know, consuming less meat can really be playing an important role in people decreasing their carbon footprint. And obviously, one of the biggest thing is unplugging devices we're not using or electronics you're not using, because if they're just sitting there plugged into the wall that uses electricity and first can cost, can increase your energy bill, and it can also affect climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. And Another one, another really big thing is tackle transportation wisely. Obviously, you can't walk everywhere, take a bike everywhere, but, you know, places you can, such as if your school is like five minutes away, taking a bike or walking, that can really help with greenhouse gas emissions. But, you know, obviously, if you're going to your friend's house and you may be an hour away, taking a car would be fine. But, you know, just tackling transportation in like a wise way or if you're going a short distance can be really helpful, too. Yeah, I definitely think so as well. Um, I wish when we were at school, we would be able to learn more in depth about these things. So how do you think schools and leaders can, you know, educate their community about renewable energy? I think it can be simple as having lectures, you know, for older classes or passing out flyers. 
obviously for younger students, it's harder to keep their attention in some ways you could do is doing activities such as maybe going outside and planting trees or if your school has a garden, like I know my elementary school had a school garden and our fifth grade teacher would take us out there and we'd plant like plants to eat or trees. So, you know, teachers can do things like that or even do these science projects in like environmental science classes for older students or for younger students during their science lessons. You know, maybe we can do these activities like these weather science kits, which I've used before in my Project Spark classes. You can teach kids a lot about the weather, the climate change, and, you know, how p kids can reduce their carbon footprint. But I think something as simple as, you know, giving a lecture or flyers or doing an activity can really help students and children be educated on renewable energy and ways to reduce their carbon footprint. Yeah, I think it's very important to start getting people engaged at a young age, you know, to care more about these issues. You know, I know um, a couple years ago, it was like the coral reef in Australia, it like turned completely white because um, of climate change. It used to be very beautiful, a lot of colors, and sadly in our lifetime that went away. So do you think renewable energy could save the ocean? I definitely do think it can. Um, it'll obviously take a long time to where it can fully save the ocean, but you know, every small step is a progress. And as we move towards implementing more renewable energy sources like solar panels, wind turbines, and these companies and all that, it can really help with reducing this carbon footprint or reducing these greenhouse gas emissions from going into the air. And another really important one that can be seen is with ships. You know, later on we can have electric power ships or solar powered ships, which is really important because most of the time on the ocean when these ships are going, they're receiving a lot of sunlight and that can really help power the ship. And it can be seen, you know, with now ships are powered with like diesel and fuel and oil. And a lot of times this oil or fuel has end up leaking in the ocean and it affects the wildlife there. It changes the color of the ocean and it really affects the wildlife and habitats of these animals and the coral reefs like you've said and i think renewable energy eventually in the long run will definitely save the ocean but it'll take time to do that but you know as we move towards more steps and more progress for renewable energy it can definitely do that yeah and it's great to see that more and more countries are stepping up so um, what country actually is the leader um, in renewable energy? Um, so in renewable energy, some countries, the biggest country that's the leader in renewable energy is Germany. It's the world leader in renewable energy. And for example, in the first half of 2018, it produced enough electricity to power every whole, every household in the country for a year. And the countries also set an ambitious target to get 65% of their electricity from renewable energy sources by 2030, which is really, really important. And, you know, just saying that Germany is a leader in renewable energy doesn't mean that other countries aren't doing their part. There's also countries around the world that are powering to more low carbon future by embracing like solar panels, wind turbines, like geothermal energy and other renewable energy resources. Right. So what are some other countries? I um, would be really curious to knowing because I feel like Sweden would definitely be one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So in 2015, Sweden kind of, you know, threw down in a gauntlet with like an ambitious goal. They wanted to eliminate fossil fuels 
from electricity generation by 2040 completely within its borders. And, you know, they really ramped up with solar, wind, energy um, storage. Like they have smart grids now and clean transport systems. And the greatest thing is that the Swedish people are challenging everyone else to join them in this race to become the first 100% renewable country. And, you know, as can be seen, it's now like a competition where, you know, everybody wins. And, you know, countries kind of like competition, like it was seen with the space race before. And, you know, another country that is really good with renewable energy resources is Costa Rica. And that's because of its, like, unique geography and environment. Uh, it may be a small country, but it has produced over 95% of its electricity from hydro, geothermal, solar, and wind over the past four years. And by 2021, which is this year, Costa Rica, you know, aims to be entirely carbon neutral. And I think, I mean, they haven't reached that goal yet, but the way they're going and the way they're almost entirely of their energy sources are from renewable energy, they can really reach that goal in like the next year or so. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And I really hope that, you know, United States increases um, its renewable energy usage. And the reason why I figured Sweden would be on the list is because, you know, Greta Thunberg is from Sweden. And I felt like, I think she said in an interview that her upbringing in her country actually made her more passionate about climate change or, you know, fixing these problems related to climate change. Yeah. Yeah, I think she does a great job, um, you know, especially for her age. She's only like 18 and she's done a lot more than some leaders. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I know she has. Well, thank you so much, Nihal. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment. Stay with us as Nihal and I continue our program and we will ta- we'll be talking to Sharanya Roy with her segment, The Scribble. Please show your love for more segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity at www.btsya.org. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Nahal. And I'm Rahani. Today, today we'll be talking to Sharanya. Hi, Sharanya. Hi, I'm Sharanya, and welcome to The Scribble. This is a place where we see the beauty of writing in everything. In the current situation, where climate change is on the rise, one of the solutions presented by scientists is to increase the use of renewable energy. This is where energy is collected from natural processes on the Earth. Renewable energy is an eco-friendly alternative to fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are usually burned to collect energy. Fossil fuels are very harmful for the environment. The fumes that are emitted are detrimental to the world. And some examples of these lethal fumes are carbon dioxide and methane. These gases cause heat to be caged inside the atmosphere, which in turn increases the temperature of the Earth. Also, fossil fuels take eons to make, and at the rate our fossil fuel usage is progressing, we will use all fossil fuels by the end of this century. To fight against global warming, we should use renewable energy more. One example is hydropower. This is when water pushes turbines to collect energy, and this is an environmentally friendly solution. I believe that we should use more renewable energy in our everyday lives. We can all contribute to this fight against global warming somehow. Many families are installing solar panels, and this is another example of renewable energy. Wow, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, You know, we just had that segment about renewable energy, and it's great that you're expanding on it. So I know that you're a writer. Is there any way that... Renewable energy is kind of like writing? Yes, definitely. Like how renewable energy uses what the Earth has already provided us with to harvest energy, we can do the same thing with our writing. To become a better writer, the first step is to read or listen to pre-existing literary works. Reading more is always going to help our writing. There are so many different concepts we can learn from reading poems and books, whether it be character progression or sentence structure. I know we often read for the fun of it, but it doesn't hurt to put post-its into parts you find intriguing. Sometimes I note down the page in the book and write a sentence about why I found that part fascinating. 
It's usually about the flow of the sentence or the character's turning point. Back in the episode about vaccines, I talked about plagiarism, but we should all have the opportunity to learn from other authors. The new ideas you create from other works are like sunlight, giving you a new inspiration to write. Another way to revive your writing is like a geezer. The bursts of hot water provide energy. This is just like when we get these random bursts of ideas in the most unconventional places, and then we forget them. To combat that, just write it down wherever you can. If you're in a restaurant, scribble on a napkin. I heard these days, all the multi-billion dollar schemes are plotted on napkins. So, lesson learned, never throw away your napkins. Who knows if you're going to be the next billionaire? If you're at the park, write it on your phone. These notes can help you have better ideas for your writing and can combat against the writing many pieces with the same theme. And now, to get back on the track of renewable energy, I've written a poem called The Wind, The Water, The Earth. Days roll by. Soon, they become weeks. Then they become months, years, decades, centuries, millenniums. Over the course of time, while technology advanced, people evolved, the political landscape changing. There were three things that stayed deeply enrooted within the world. The wind, the water, and the earth. We took these resources for granted, Breathing in the crisp autumn air, drinking the pristine, calm water. We took all of this for granted. Walking on the peaty, strong earth, we assumed they would always stay with us. We would always have fresh air to breathe, fresh water to drink, fresh earth to live on. As time passed by, the fuels in the world soon started to destroy the beauty and effervescence of the world. And the only way of revival was using those elements we had forgotten. The wind, the water, the earth. Now, as the world starts to sink in the rising water levels, as the air becomes drier and the earth becomes less fertile, we can see that the key to living was never gears, cogs, and clutches, but the wind, the water, the earth. Thank you. Wow, that was absolutely beautiful. And it had such a strong, important message. I loved it. And, you know, you're very talented. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so what are some books that you've taken notes from? Because I know you were talking about that earlier. Yes. So um, there have been many books I've taken notes from. But the two most influential literary pieces to my writing were The Necklace, which was a short story, and I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, which was a poem. The Necklace by Guy de Maupassant was a wonderful short story. The twist at the end was written with fluency. The writing needed extreme skill, and Guy de Maupassant brilliantly crafted the ending of the story. On the other hand, I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud helped me with the structure of poems. 
William Wordsworth, the poet that wrote this eloquently formatted poem, was a master of writing structure. This helped me improve the foundation of my poems. That's really great. And, you know, I think it's good that you took all these notes from these books and these authors that you kind of look up to or like, and, you know, you become like a great writer yourself. So where are some of the places that you have gotten like ideas from? Whenever um, like I sit at my desk, I I can never get the right idea. And my hand is always on the laptop and I have no clue about what I want to write. The same themes are often invading my mind and I always want to write something different. The blinking cursor is just a catalyst for a bad mood when I can't write. But I once got an idea when I was in PE at school. We were running the mile and I distinctly remember I was very sad about this occurrence. Like who likes running the mile? I never liked running and here we are running three and a half laps. I think this led me to think about writing a comic poem about PE. Although I couldn't jot it down while running because I had to pass PE, I ran thinking about the poem. Then I immediately wrote it down on a notepad that I had in my backpack. Wow, you remind me a lot of myself because I also hate running, but I love writing. Um, I love writing too. It's been like my passion since I was very little. So I know for me, my inspiration has mainly come from also the books I've read. But what specifically inspired you to be a writer? Like, are your parents writers? Did you read lots of books when you were very young? I think my parents aren't writers, but they're avid readers. And um, I think they inspired me to write um, by introducing me to the concept of books and literary works. Um, I've always loved reading, and I think that was the main inspiration for my writing. Yeah, I I think that's amazing. Um, As I said, you know, a lot of times it can come from when you're little, like the environment you're in. I know for me, my parents also encouraged me to write and read. So it's very nice of them, even though they aren't readers themselves. But my grandpa, he was a literary professor. So as you talked about um, listening briefly, could you elaborate more on how to get the most out of listening to literature? Sure. On YouTube, there are so many different places to listen to masterpieces in literature. I love slam poetry. The hand gestures and voice modulation beautifully complement the writing, which is always strong with structure and story. My favorite slam poetry personally is called Shake the Dust by Anis Mojgani. I learned about repetition in poetry from there. I think from slam poetry, we can not only learn about writing, but about public speaking and standing for what you believe in. Yeah, and I think that's great. Um, I definitely think that, you know, slam poetry, I've never really heard of that before, but, you know, I'm I'll definitely take a look at it now. And I think it's kind of really cool that, you know, you kind of get a lot of this from like listening to this and you kind of, you know, learn about like public speaking from watching these slam poetries or listening to these slam poetries. And I think that's really, really cool. So my question was themes kind of seem like an important, obviously a really important part of writing. So why shouldn't you write based on the same themes again and again? It's for the growth of the writer. 
If you keep writing on the same topics, not only will you be bored, but you won't force yourself to stretch your brain to new lengths. Writing needs new ideas to flourish. And using the same themes again and again won't help your writing be better than last time. There are many key points of writing, but one major one is to improve constantly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think writing is not something you can master in just a day. It's really a lifelong process and you take inspiration from everything around you. So how do you feel like um, we can implement those notes you take from other authors or poets? Well, when we write, we often run into obstructions. It's natural. We might not know how to transition. We might not know how to change a character's mindset. But we can apprentice text. Apprenticing is when you dissect the other writer's work. This exercise helps a writer find examples to help their own words thrive and have a deeper meaning. I remember I was introduced to this concept in sixth grade. It helped different writers, different parts of my writing grow. And apprenticing is key to becoming a great writer. Yeah, and, you know, other than authors and poets, I feel like I've gotten a lot of inspiration from some of my teachers. Have you had um, any, like, English teachers that have inspired you before? Well, uh... I think I remember distinctly that my second, fourth, and my current English teacher keep on inspiring me because um, I think that's where I started writing poems and narratives, essays. I think from second grade, that was kind of where I budded my writing from. And then now, now when we go to fourth grade, I think that's where I kind of improved on my writing like first it used to be kind of basic but then it became more mature and elaborate and it had a meaning it wasn't just sunshine and rainbows and now in seventh grade I think I'm focusing more on the parts that we often forget as writers yeah yeah and you're doing a great job um you're very talented like I said and you're a great writer um writing is so much fun and I think you should never let it go Especially as you grow older, um, being a writer is one of the best things you can have. And unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be the Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Make sure to keep our planet safe and embrace renewable energy. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself.